This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. Is it a sign of how bad things are when even Jacob Rees-Mogg is refusing to comment? The leader of the House didn't want to play with reporters as he left Downing Street following a cabinet meeting ahead of Boris Johnson's diplomatic mission to Ukraine. The Prime Minister may want to draw a line under the Partygate affair, assert himself as a world leader again, but if he was watching telly this morning while doing his packing, he'll have been left with a lot to think about on that flight. This was Deputy PM Dominic Robb on BBC Breakfast this morning, being asked about Theresa May's heated question in the Commons following the Sue Gray update. Did Number 10 think the rules didn't apply to them? Look, the Prime Minister's being clear the rules do apply to him. I don't think what Theresa was citing was quite right in terms of what the Gray report found. It said that uh, Number 10 hadn't lived up to the standards that would be expected, but in relation to specific breaches of Covid regulations, they've been sent to the police to ascertain precisely the facts. There's lots of talk about the security of Boris Johnson's position, but the Evening Standard understands a significant proportion of Tory MPs will wait until Scotland Yard completes its investigation before deciding whether to call for Mr Johnson to go. Rachel Burford is our political reporter who's covering the story. Rachel, is Boris Johnson's future on hold? So it's very much on hold at the moment, I think. There was a meeting with the 1922 committee last night, which the Prime Minister talked to sort of all his backbenchers. Obviously, there's a lot of anger. We saw that in the Commons yesterday when he addressed them for two hours, I think, talking about the Sue Gray report, which was heavily redacted. You know, we had the former Prime Minister Theresa May talk against him. Aaron Bell was sort of very emotional about sort of saying, you know, are you taking us for fools, Prime Minister? But at the same time... The Prime Minister is at the moment, the country is at the moment facing a cost of living crisis. We've got energy bills going up, food um, prices going up, and all of that is compounded by the threat of war in the East between Ukraine and Russia and, you know, local elections coming up in May as well. So I think there's a big question in the Conservative Party at the moment about whether this is the right time to be changing leaders. 
As you mentioned, there was a meeting between the PM and Tory backbench 1922 committee. Do we have any hint of how that went? I think it's a very mixed bag. I think there's a lot of anger. Talking to some MPs this morning, there's a lot of anger still. But there is this kind of, you know, who would replace Boris Johnson? And, you know, is this the right time to be changing the prime minister? And I think he was just sort of warned at that meeting, you know, something has to change. There is a lot of disquiet amongst MPs at the moment. But at the same time, although it's a confidential process, we don't know how many letters have gone into the 1922 committee to force a no confidence vote. But we still think that number is quite far off the 54 that are needed. And that is just simply because um, MPs don't um, don't know who would replace Boris Johnson at the moment. And for all the reasons I've outlined before, you know, is this the right time to be changing a leader? So now we're all waiting on this police investigation. Does anyone know how long that's going to take? That's a good question. <laughs> um, so the police investigation could take many months. It could be a few weeks. Uh, we don't know. Obviously, what we did find out from Sue Gray's report was how much information she had actually gathered, although she didn't, she wasn't able to publish a lot. She has handed, you know, over hundreds of documents to the Met, hundreds of photographs. She interviewed more than 70 people. So this is not a small investigation, it would seem, although I'm sure, you know, the Met know all the all eyes in the country are on this investigation. So they will be fast tracking some parts of it, I'm sure. Do we think we'll ever get the full Grey report? It's something Downing Street have been really cagey on, but they've been cagey throughout the entire process about publishing it. You know, it was always, we'll publish the findings, and then when they will push, you know, we'll publish the full report. Downing Street has today committed to publishing the report or whatever Sue Gray gives them after the investigation is, uh, the police investigation is finalised and completed. A lot went down in the Commons yesterday. What's the mood like at Westminster? Yeah, so it's still people are still talking about today. Obviously, it was a long period that Boris Johnson spoke to um, spoke to the Commons and spoke to MPs. You had, I think, this morning, which was quite interesting, was Julian Smith, former Northern Ireland secretary, coming out and calling a statement that Boris Johnson made about Keir Starmer false and baseless, um, and that was. And Boris Johnson sort of repeated this smear that Keir Starmer said a few times that, you know, when he was head of the Crown Prosecution Service, he essentially only prosecuted journalists and failed to prosecute Jimmy Savile. And it's something that has been independently fact-checked and proved to be false several times. You know, so you've got his own, Boris Johnson's own MPs now coming out and saying, you know, he's making false statements in the, in the House of Commons, which is a, a big deal. As we've been discussing, Boris's future is on hold for now. Does that mean he can take a minute and catch his breath? Well, sort of. I think the Partygate scandal is on hold, certainly. If you ask most MPs or ask number 10 at the moment, they will just sort of say, we're waiting for the results of the Met report and the Met investigation. But obviously he's flying to Ukraine today to talk to the Ukrainian president and to deal with the issue between Russia and Ukraine. That is a very serious issue. He actually missed a call with Putin on Monday because he was addressing MPs about the Pygate scandal that has been provisionally rescheduled for Wednesday. And, you know, that crisis in Ukraine, although it feels a very long way away, you know, that is sort of compounding and having an effect on energy bills, which are a real concern to families in this country at the moment. And it's not going to help with the cost of living crisis at all. And that's it from The Leader. You can read more from Rachel and the rest of our political team in the Evening Standard newspaper or online at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 
and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.